the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 165, recorded Friday, October 17th, 2014. Converge already. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. It says it right there on the lower third. How are you? I'm your host for today. Uh, with us this week is the fabulous Victoria Ferrari uh, from Synergy CT and the brand new Red Band Collective on AV Nation. She writes really cool stuff. So how are you, ma'am? Great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, and also with us, my buddy, my pal, my dining companion from a couple nights ago, uh, Mr. Kevin Iselli from Crestron. How are you, sir? Great. How are you doing? Good. Uh, Kevin, uh, I actually got to, real quickly, uh, the reason I got to have dinner with Kevin was because I was invited by AVI Systems uh, for their Chicago uh, Technology Summit. Uh, and uh, I was invited to speak about, uh, of all things, control and automation. So a good turnout there. And Kevin's out of Chicago, so he and I got to hang out. So that was that was we a did. lot of fun. So it was, it was. Uh, and if you get a chance, uh, if you're in the Detroit area, we'll be doing the same thing next month, uh, the 14th, actually. Uh, some some good, good stuff. Folks from Kramer, actually, Dan Newman's coming by. Um, uh, folks from Crestron got to speak. I got to see uh, Jason uh, Malden from Crestron as well. So much more intelligent than I am. So, but you know. <laughs> All right. He has that effect on people. He, he does. Not quite as much yeah. as you do. You know, I don't feel quite oh, as dumb, you know, hanging around him as I do you. Oh, that's a shame because I feel dumb when I'm hanging around him. Well, you know, I, you know everything I learned about control, I, I, I learned from you. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that, that speaks volumes. Just Yeah, you, know. you got a lot of ways to go, man. Oh, I do. All right. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about some stuff, shall we? Uh, it's yes. Been, it's been a couple weeks since I've been in this chair last week. Uh, thanks to George Tucker for, for filling the void for me. Uh, we're going to talk about Netflix uh, and, and 4K because here's one of the things um, that uh, Mr. Iselli and I actually have, have debated for a number of years. I say 4K is great. He says, where's the content? I say 4K is great. He says, where's the content? So, 4K is great. Where's the content? There we go. He can be talked. Uh, Netflix, uh, this is from our buddies over at Electronic House, uh, is has 4K content. It's great. It's awesome. It's groovy. It's also going to cost you more. So, uh, Victoria, on this on this front, what's this going to do to adoption? Is this going to be, I mean, Kevin does have a point. There is not a whole lot of 4K content. And we can debate if it's coming over the Internet. It's compressed. Yes, I know, before, <laughs> before you get there. Uh, but do you think this is going to have an effect on adoption? Or are people going to pay the extra three bucks a month to get, yay, 4K? Who doesn't want to see Orange is the New Black in 4K? I mean, come I on. It's, it's, <laughs> got Cape, it's got Captain uh, Jane. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with Kevin on that, you know, 4K is kind of not here yet. You know, it's... it's uh, I think you know it's a little it's a little out before really gets uh, adopted 
um, in the general commercial space, like boardrooms and corporate applications. Um, and there's definitely specialty applications for it. But as far as like um, consumer adoption, I think you know people go into Best Buy and they're like, some people are like, you know, I want the most expensive TV. I want you know the one that's got the most resolution, and you know they have no idea what they're what they're buying. Um, so it could. I mean, people could say, oh look, you know, now my net Netflix is streaming in 4K. I've got to get a 4K TV, and you know, I can watch all my fantasy football. There was a somebody, one of our team members, put out a article about that. You know, about having multiple windows on a 4K TV. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's still a little ways out. But I don't think that means that people won't buy 4K TVs. One of the neat things, and we'll get to Netflix in a second, that uh, Victoria mentioned. Um, both Dish Network and DirecTV have the ability to put screen and screen uh, next to each other. So you can, in theory, you could watch, you know, multiple games. Um, if you're in St. Louis, you can no longer watch the Cardinals and football on the same day because, you know, the Giants beat them, and now I have to buy Rich Fergosa case of Schlafly's beer. But, anywho, uh, Mr. Iselli, uh, uh, 4K down Netflix for only 3 bucks more a month. How, what's this going to do for adoption? Um, for adoption, that's a great question. Uh, the fact that there is some content that's you know streamable, um, I think the twist on things what they said that to do 4K streaming is they they want a 15 megabit mm-hmm. um, you know pipe, which you really aren't getting from any ISP. Uh, as far as the content ruling goes, however, I think it's it is a good step in the direction of making it more readily available. Uh, and at three dollars more a month, I don't really see that as a big impact to, you know, I I just won't pay for it now because it's three dollars <laughs> more. Um, but it gives it definitely gives them that leverage to start creating more content. I mean, maybe we'll see the return, or we'll see them return to some of the other more popular series. Like they even mentioned having Breaking Bad and some of the other uh, some of the. It'd be interesting more to see now if they're going to do some of the series that are new like uh, I know it's a revisit but like forever or elementary yeah. or some of these other things that are very captivating and they're new uh, if they were to start those into that that format of 4k streaming I, I think we give a little bit of a jump into that realm faster uh, but I think definitely now that um, and for uh, Netflix obviously has been doing this for a little while um, I think having that capability will make a little bit more awareness awareness to this is possible, this looks really good, and I'm interested in investing or investigating a little more into this. So let me ask this, and I'm actually going to go the other side of 4K. What if you only have a 1080p display? Um, What if you only have a 720p display? Does it make sense then to get 4K content, whether it's from the, you know, streaming or or otherwise? Uh, No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think they're. I think they actually, because I don't have that uh, set up at this mo- at this moment. Uh, that I'm going to need a more a couple few weeks up for that. Um, did I you say weeks? Think, yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I think that whole setup and how that actually works is you have to elect to receive that content, and mm-hmm. it doesn't just go everywhere, right? Um, you also have to have the means of decoding it. So whether your TV has that uh, the 265 encoder or the HVEC, if you will, if it's capable of that, sure, that can hit you with a bill. I just don't know their back end on how they're handling it at the moment. Yeah, I was just wondering because there, are, <clears throat> there was a, a study done, good Lord, 10, 12 years ago, 
comparing a composite signal to a to HD signal and shooting it to an old CRT, and people could could see a marked difference even if they were compositing that HD signal down from uh, from the uh, from the component down they could at least see the difference some people could at least so. well quite honestly and i uh, i finished class yesterday actually uh one of the students was asking is does it make sense actually to get a 4k tv uh even based on the fact that there really isn't content like you know of course they're talking about doing uh 4k on blu-ray yeah. uh just by using the hvc uh, compression algorithm or h265 the comment that I had back to him is like, remember Moore's Law. And I'm not talking about the Moore's Law that means every 18 months you buy a new iPad. I'm talking about because the gates on the transistor actually double every 18 months, think of the quality gain you have even with original content because now the DSPs and the engines that they use to drive these displays are more efficient. They do a better job. And even 1080 content for a 4K display image looks actually marginally better. I mean, yeah. you can see a difference. And it's because of progression of electronics, right? It's a byproduct. We got 4K display. It's not because the pixels are four times as many. It's because the electronics does a better job with what it's receiving. So I, I think we're seeing a byproduct of saying 4K actually improves regular TV or regular HD. I like that. So it's another way of, of you know, running down to your local box house and getting one. Jeez. Actually, uh, who was it had had a one for under a thousand dollars? We had this story. There's before. a lot of them right now. Really? Um, you've got yeah. Uh, Samsung has a. I haven't decided between the Samsung, the TCL, or the Seki that's going to go on my desk. But yeah, all three of them are 50 inches and lower. Uh, there's there's already under a thousand dollars. In fact, the Seki is like four ninety nine. Are you, uh, what? Yep, four hundred ninety nine dollars. Five hundred dollars for a 50 inch 4K display. That's correct. Oh my god! And I here I just went and never mind. I won't tell you how much I spent for a sixty-inch 1080p a month ago. <laughs> BT Barnum. I know, sucker born every minute. All right, let's talk about something else. Uh, let's talk about Cisco. Uh, Cisco is getting into bed with not into bed, but getting together with GITX, uh, GITX uh, and they want to protect the Internet of Things. Uh, according to uh, Cisco in this report uh, in, uh, in ITP.net, uh, they are concerned about the security of the Internet of Things and smart homes. So, Kevin, we'll start with you on this one uh, when it comes to security and, and keeping, you know, keep, keeping these things uh, close and secure. There was a story out about a month or so ago from the Hackathon. Uh, somebody hacked into a Nest now, a Nest, the, uh, the fancy-schmancy um, thermostat. They did it with hardware, right? You had they had to jack in with a USB into into the Nest. Um, is this you know is this an issue? Should should Cisco should Cisco? But should we be concerned about uh, the internet, the security of the Internet of Things, and, and all these things talking together? Definitely. Every other week, you have another major corporation reporting an intrusion, and in all of your uh, public or all your credit information is leaked. Um, I mean, I've in the past year I've received three new credit cards based on that very fact. You know, Home Depot this, Target that. I mean, and it's not to to you know pick on those those uh, retailers, yeah. but um, you know when you when you create this environment that is um, rich in attack uh, vector, then that's where they're going to flock to, uh, and you know NAS being no. No different. It is. Uh, it, 
it's, it's an attack vector that some people will choose to go after. It's one of the, I guess, you know, throwing a commercial in there for a second. It's one of the reasons why with the three series we decided not to do an SSL encryption but to do authentication in 802.1x to put that really, you know, uh, st- that you know, really uh, aggressive protection uh, capability on the box because, you know, if it's sitting there and it's plugged in, someone's bored and they're going to try and try and go after it. Yeah, and especially with the more and more things that that those things control and connect to. So, uh, yeah, Victoria, how how do we how are we going to then uh, if we if we're going to agree that that this is a, a concern, this is an issue. Um, how are we going to secure um, not only the Internet of Things but but smart homes and smart buildings? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and and it's definitely you know a threat. I mean, even like just uh, having a nanny cam, you know, for example, yeah. someone could hack into that and you know be watching you in your own house. It's kind of scary. Um, at the same time, you know, and and I don't know about networks and how to secure things, but, you know, maybe, I don't know, put some sort of firewall at every device. I mean, if you're, but then it gets complicated, you know, if you have a toaster that you can control or, you know, a toilet that flush it, that you can flush with control, it's like, uh, once it gets to that point, you have a bunch of vulnerabilities, you know, a lot of points of, of entry that a hacker could, could get into. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Unless I think, unless there's some sort of monetary gain, you know, what 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 reason does a hacker have to want to, you know, tie into your Nest thermostat? I mean, you know, I could see going after companies or maybe like a whole neighborhood, but I mean, for personal, you know, safety or whatever, I don't know if it's too big of a threat. I think Tim and I were on the same thing. There's an old joke about a dog and connecting uh, itself to its own personal belongings, and why do they do that? It's because they can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree with you in the just short of the fact that uh, people who are doing things maliciously don't need a reason other than to say they do it. The unfortunate part. I keep wishing, like you know, Cisco and Tim and I, you have had this conversation. You and I have had this conversation. I would wish that they would turn hacking against hacking, if you will, and find a way to physically hurt those people um, <laughs> as they're trying to do that. those deeds. Uh, that, to me, would be impressive work of code, but, uh, of course, there's also rules of that wouldn't be ethologically, or, you know, it wouldn't be morally correct. But I think this is going to increase. It's going to get worse. Um, I, I think we, the, the let's say, universe as it may or the the nation as it may we we need to seriously start considering what alternatives we have um like i have one of those credit cards with a little chip in it and it's designed for those very reasons but retailers in the u.s don't use that technology and of course the the whole gripe is it's costly to for have us to update our platforms and our security and by the way, you're taking the hit for these breaches anyway, so it doesn't really affect us. So <laughs> yeah, you know, that's lovely. That's the you know that's the flip side of the coin of it. It's like we're the ones suffering from it, and maybe if if we as a collective or we as the Borg, if you will, were to say you know we're done with this, um, you need to start protecting our. Otherwise, we will not do business with you. Um, you know, I, I've been a my wife and I have been let's call it the plastic generation where. I don't carry cash because there's no reason to. Yeah. 
we're now looking at carrying cash because I don't want to risk, um, you know, my financial um, responsibilities based on someone being bored and hacking into a, cons- a, a, a retailer's financials uh, information. I mean, I, I, sorry if I sound uh, frustrated, but I've, I've had enough of this, of every time I turn on the TV, I just shopped there last week, and now all my personal information is some in somebody's pocket. So, and it's no. a little weary. No, it is, and and, and actually to, to answer you know Victoria's question directly, what Kevin said, because you can, you know, that's these are the type of people who, um, oh good lord, the movie Weird Science, right? Yep. Um, you know, uh, Kelly LeBrock aside, and, and Anthony Michael Hall aside, you know, that they they hacked into what was it a power plant just because they could, right? So, I think it was a power plant at least. So, well, yeah, it was some sort of military installation. Yeah. And they did it twice. And they did it twice. Very impressive. Not quite as impressive as Matthew Broderick in War Games. That's true. Moving right. uh, on from AV Interactive. Beyonce and Jay-Z go on the run with Sennheiser Digital 9000s. Um, buddy of mine, uh, Michael Drainer, he's, he's a, a rep for Sennheiser. And so, um, you know, I, I looked at this, and the reason it caught my eye is because I, I know exactly what a digital 9000 is. It's a pretty impressive uh, microphone. Uh, the question for you two, and, and Victoria, we'll start with you. Why does it matter <laughs> that that Beyonce and Jay Z are using Sennheiser? I mean, this is you know this is the equivalent, I guess, of of uh, Tiger Woods using you know Nike golf balls or or whatever golf balls he uses. Why does it matter? Yeah, it 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 shouldn't, but it does to a lot of people. You know, um, celebrity endorsement. I mean. It's like, oh, they're cool, and I want to be cool like them, so I want to use their stuff, you know. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, look at, like, um, not to say that Sennheiser, that mic isn't a good mic, but, I yeah. mean, like Beats, Beats headphones. I'm sure, you know, people have talked about that on the show before. Like, they're, you know, endorsed by celebrities. They're a fashion item, and they're crappy speaker or uh, uh, headphones, you know. It's like. But people buy them. They like them. They're, you know, it's a fashion statement. It's endorsed by a celebrity, so it's got to be good, right? They're they're billionaires, so yeah, you know, it's a mindset thing. I I'm not personally influenced by that kind of stuff. I was, I you know, when I was younger, um, but not so much. Uh, Kevin, I mean, the, the the most famous person I know that to have a Crestron is Randy Klein, so. Uh. Joking. Actually, the first place I ever saw Crestron was in a movie called Hitch. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah. Remember the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith had a. Had I just a, don't remember that part. A, what and what was the part number? No, no, I oh, remember that. I thought you missed scene. the part. Yes. Um, um, does it matter? I mean, does it matter if if you know whether it's Beyonce and Jay Z or, or what have you the the celebrity endorsements for you know AV products? Well, Victoria nailed it. I mean, um, all due respect to Sennheiser, I mean, I've used their products. I mean, you know, I've, I've beaten the living daylights out of a bunch of SM58s, you know, you know the, the sure workhorse. Again, not, not picking on Sennheiser, but when you're in that type of a market, um, you your celebrity endorsements is everything um, because, you know, idolization. I, I want to sing like Beyonce or I want to sing like Jay-Z and these are people that I look up to and and yeah, I mean you take even the music industry which I've been you know part of most of my life you know 
I bought specific guitars based on who was playing them or, you know, people do that. Um, yeah. and, and I get it. I mean, it's, it's a marketing thing. Even, you know, even Crestron, we have write-ups of, of who uses our products because word of mouth, right? If it's good enough for Shaq or if it's good enough for, you know, like you said, if it's in this movie, I got to use this. Um, when it comes to audio, of course, or, you know, devices like, like Sennheiser and such, yeah, you, you it's, you know, your, your marketing is pretty restrictive that, you definitely require, or you definitely lean on that celebrity endorsement as a as a good um, you know way of getting the word out, so to speak, um, no pun intended. But um, yeah, it's I, I see the value in it. Like I said, just we do it as well. Yeah. In fact, one one of my the best things I thought was Cribs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you throw up an episode of Cribs, and, they're, and all they're doing is say, "Yo, man, I hit the button on the touch panel, and boom, everything happens." And we're just hoping that they pan down and you see that Crestron on that button they just hit. Uh, yeah, it's it definitely helps because people say, I want my house to go boom, too. In the in the right way. Boom. Yeah. Uh, boom <laughs> in the right way. Just wanted to clarify that there. That's boom, not kaboom. Oh, there you go. That, I, I missed that part. So. Uh, all right. Uh, from a, a residentialsystems.com. Uh, the Cyber Manor Open House demos the latest in multi-app home technology now here's an interesting thing and let me share the the screen for those of you watching and see if i can't figure this out after after being off for a couple weeks there we go how about that uh so you've got this house and it's you know it's obviously it's a showpiece that is showing folks all the different things that you can do in a smart home uh kevin we'll kick it off with you because you know the you know the the control and automation guy on the show here does this help i guess uh get get control and smart home uh technology in the hands of average folks or do you think that this this might um you know, only attract po- people who are already comfortable with it and they, ju- and they just want to see you know the latest greatest thing i i know i actually think uh things like this do help like having an open house for the the term smart home mm-hmm. um i think it provides a little clarity um because trust me being in this environment and being in this um uh this field if you will i see a lot of confusion uh whether it's you know this product or you know this uh in fact what's even worse and i'm gonna uh, i hope they don't cut off my internet uh, like the whole comcast (laughs) xfinity thing where they talk about whole house automation when you're watching the commercials, you're like, wow, that's really cool. You can turn energy light on in the house. Well, actually, no, you can't do that. Uh, but the advertising makes it look like all things are possible. What I what I find the value in what uh, Cyber Manor did or what the Cyber Manor Open House does is by getting you in touch with actually uh, giving you a taste or giving you some vision into what these uh, capabilities are, you can be uh, – uh, better educated or you can make better decisions on is this for you or how far down the road you want to go into um, you know it, it's kind of like uh, you know Tim when you've you've been around when I've been asked this question so how much does the restaurant system cost you know it, yes yes it does yes. Um, <laughs> uh, it can be anywhere from you know 14 cents to 14 million and where do you want wait, 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 14 cents and I wait, 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 no, just, you said 14 cents. Oh, well, all you need is the app. Anyway, so <laughs> the, the, the concept I think here and what they're doing is to, to create awareness. I mean, 
to let people actually, instead of seeing the TV commercial and wondering what it is, you actually put your hands on it and decide if it's right for you. Right. It's like the old idea of going into a, a you know, a, a installer or a Navy guy's place to see their, they always set up the home theaters and all those, because you're like, I don't know if I'd like this. And I think home theater box is good for me until you walk in and see something that's professionally done. You want, no, no, that's what I want. Is it? And there, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, is it, uh, is it not, not for nothing, but um, one of the things I like about Kevin is he's a, he's a, he's a great wine guy, actually. Is this kind of like a wine tasting? Like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I'm just, you know. No, no, it's a good analogy. I mean, I can tell you all day long how, you know, this Rhone Valley is just, it's incredible. But until you put it in a glass and taste it yourself, you might not even care for it. Yeah. Right. Uh, again, of course, just like with anything, wine being an example, subjective. One man's two buck chuck might be another man's opus one. You know, you, you never, you, you can't, which is why. You say I'm a wine guy, but I my wife will tell you I'm a snob. But I try to take it from a different approach. You might like something that I don't care for, mm-hmm. um, and let people do the same thing here in this open house. I'll give you the app. I'll give you the control. I'll give you a connect to all of these different devices. Understand that this is an interface. The interface can be custom or whatever, which is always the message that we try to purvey. The concept isn't to don't focus on what that button looks like. But understand the feeling of when you press that button, things happen. Yeah. Automation happens. Integration happens. The interface is typically what we try to sell people on. And not necessarily Crestron, but everybody. The whole, you can just need this little button here and you know everybody knows what you're doing. Well, what if I don't want everybody to know? This gives them an opportunity to say, okay, automation is defined as this, and here you can experience it. I, I find that a little bit more appealing to... The person who is interested in doing some sort of home automation, or uh, you know, uh, just getting into uh, investigation mode, what is this all about? It's hard to get gain that kind of information off a TV commercial. It really is. No, that's true. And you know, you know us. We have experience centers for that very reason. To see it in a catalog is cool. To see it on a website, great. But to walk in to one of our showrooms, our experience centers, and push a button and see the results makes all the difference. That makes sense. Uh, Victoria, from your guys' standpoint, um, uh, what do you think about uh, places like this this Cyber Manor? Um, actually, the I couldn't get the link to work for me yesterday, <laughs> so I didn't get to read that article. Uh, but I will, you know, agree with Kevin that it the uh, experience, it be, being able to experience something like that is much more valuable. Like what we uh, what we do for some of our clients, um, we'll send them an executable like X panel. And they can, you know, take a look and look and feel of what we're starting to do for their GUI for, you know, a certain room or whatever. And it gives them a good idea, you know, and, and they can say, no, can you do this color in the background? Or, you know, can we change this little icon? Or, you know, I want to do, I want this to happen when I press this button. So, you know, it um, definitely helps to give them that feel before they invest all that money on it. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense because that's one thing. Actually, uh, Todd Todd Puma, uh, one of our buddies in the the Source Home Theater. Uh, I was going to say, re- remember the conversation you and I have, though, where I find myself almost breaking a TV on a weekly basis. Where, you know, we also as a as a human race, we we get a lot of the the whole does life imitate art or vice versa. Yeah. Where, you know. I use the story all the time. Watching the old CSI, and they've got a 
7-Eleven security <laughs> camera that's zoomed in on a, a license plate 4,000 meters away, and they say, can you enhance that? Absolutely I can. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, it, I think this also provides an opportunity to let people know what is possible versus just because you saw somebody or someone said, yes, we'll have a flying car for you next week, doesn't mean they'll actually be there and what it takes to get that done. Yeah. Yeah, you should probably stop watching that show, actually. I know, I know. Man, I'm, like, running out of places to put this place. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a show called Game of Thrones. There's no technology in it at all for, the, for you to be angry at. Right? Yeah. Although I'm sure they're probably killing dragons with lasers or something. No, no lasers. No lasers. Okay, good. Yeah, Maybe and they, have, and they haven't out. killed the dragons yet. That only Valerian steel. That 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 only yeah only Valerian steel can kill the dragon. That doesn't happen until book book six. So <laughs> okay. All the geeks. Is that like just... unobtainium? Yes, <laughs> Adam, adamantium. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I was what I was gonna say is is my our buddy uh, uh, Todd Puma has his has done his house in in, in Crestron and and actually uh, Crestron's gone through and, and filmed his house and and he he makes it a good a good show place. So having a hands on definitely definitely helps. All righty. Uh, let's talk about, uh, well, a few people's favorite words, convergence. Uh, Todd, uh, Mar- Mark Coxon, uh, who actually is, is one, on one of our shows, uh, AV Crosstalk, um, also blogs for, for Rave Pubs. He has, he's written a book. He has written a book. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking that, that it was probably uh, his thoughts were too long for um, – for an actual blog post, and so he's like, "Hey, we can just make a book out of this." I don't know really. That's that, that's what happened. But uh, Mark's a good guy. He's, uh, um, but he he makes some good points in this. Um, Kevin, we'll start with you because you and I have had long conversations about convergence. It, it's a term that has been around five, three, carry the one. I know at least fourteen years, thirteen years, something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. Is is it first of all? Should we still be using the word, or, or should we just you know kind of say you know what? Let's we're, we're all one big happy family. IV, IT, and AV. Um, I think we keep coming back to the word because um, I think we forget. Um, I, I I actually sent you the picture uh, of the um, and, and you made you made a very honest and poignant point the fact that I was not with Crestron at the time but back in 2001 um, when it was my first Infocom experience one of the things that I noticed that was the the banner over the Crestron website was the word converge and I thought it was fascinating the, you know the concept of this AV industry and the IT industry kind of sharing the same uh, let's say uh, backplane if you will what I'm finding, uh, or what I what I'm seeing at least, and you, uh, Tim, you and I had this conversation from at Post Infocom 2013, where there was a bunch of blogs that came out where people were saying, "There's this new concept of convergence," and <laughs> yeah. which is why I sent you that picture, that, you know, the banner was still converge in 2003 from from Crestron, and ten years later, treating this as a new concept is is I don't know what the answer is other than Maybe the message isn't clear, or maybe it's not being presented the right way. Um, I, I'm going to say I, uh, not not as Crestron, but I, I believe that there is an evaporation of the AV industry. We I, And I pull my classes all the time. I said, you know, raise your hand if you're in the AV industry. And, like, every hand goes up. And then I say, okay, so raise your hand if you're in the IT industry. And half the hands go up, and I say, well, which is it, Right. 
I said, hi, got a better idea. Why don't we raise our hand if we're in the technology industry? And then everybody says, yeah, that makes more sense. Giving us a label in the first place of the AV industry might be a little outdated um, because we as the AV industry um, have, let's say, the keys to the coolest car on the road. I mean, we have access to the most impressive toys. Oh, I'm sorry, technology. <laughs> Uh, we have access to not only the skill set, but the mindset it takes to take all of those things and make them a harmonious system. To call us the IT industry, I don't know that even that's accurate because, of course, the IT industry is all about the Facebooks and the Google boxes, and at least that's how it's labeled. Uh, I, I look at our industry as a... Um, let's call it a, a continuum, right? Like, we continue... Like, um, Look at Sony. Like Sony has the term VIO, right? What was VIO? What does VIO actually mean? Ongoing. It's very impressive that something of that nature, which we all hold dear, the AV industry, as we call it, is actually that VIO. We are always ongoing, always evolving. And to bring, let's say, the IT infrastructure, the IT uh, basis into it was a natural succession. Did we start it? Absolutely we did. But it is kind of staggering that here we are, 14 years later, people thinking this is a new concept, All right. which really isn't. It's just how well are we embracing it? So I, I, um, I, you know, I think it, I see that too. That you know, people are looking at it as a new kind of thing. Some people are, but I don't know that it's that were really truly converged. I mean, and that's kind of the point of Mark's ebook is that, you know, AV is still separate from IT. Um, you know, just because uh, our boxes now have an Ethernet port doesn't mean that we're IT. You know, when you, uh, I, I worked for a short time for an IT integrator and it's completely different. They are all about, you know, the network infrastructure, the network security, um, WAN optimization, application, you know, deployment, all that. It's totally different from, you know, audio, um, acoustics, and video, and projection, and all that. You know, it's, uh, they're two different worlds. Now, maybe they run on the same network, but, you know, the AV is on its own VLAN. Um, and, you know, and, uh, Mark mentions in the article one of the things that, you know, some some customers don't want a separate network for the AV stuff, but um, almost all the ones that I've worked with, and if I am working with uh, in an account where there is an IT consultant or an IT integrator, they're like, "Don't put your stuff on my network. I don't want it. I, you know, you're making your own separate network. You do your own thing over there." Um, and what uh, the other cool thing that uh, Mark had said in the in the in his book was, you know. Um, like SVSI, they are really kind of one product that's, you know, taking convergence to the next level, um, where they are running video over IP, audio over IP, um, JPEG 2000 compression, whatever, and they're using a Cisco switch instead of, you know, matrix switcher. They're actually using Cisco infrastructure um, to send, you know, video signals back and forth using encoders, decoders. Um, and uh, but you know the AV manufacturers, um, ones that we all use and love, um, are still kind of holding back a little bit. And um, 
one of the things uh, Mark says is, you know, to have a truly uh, converged AV system or whatever, maybe it's everything runs on a PC and there's, you know, some gigaport switch somewhere in the network. Um, and one of the lines he says is, uh, um, a PC-based AV system does not equal convergence any more than an Ethernet port on an AV appliance does. Um, so that, you know, AV is still kind of appliance-based, proprietary hardware, you know, its own kind of thing. And until more standards come out and people start to standardize on things like AVB or HD-based-T, um, I don't know if we're ever going to have full convergence. I mean, I, I think we will one day, but it's I, I feel like it's far, far in the future. That's a, uh, that's a very interesting point. Um, I, I agree with that quite a bit. I mean, when you say, um, you know, there, there's saying that you've, you're putting a port versus you're integrating, I think there, there's always, um, I want to put this kind of mildly, there's never going to be a complete molding of the two infrastructures because uh, one cannot lend itself to ultimate performance of the other. Uh, for that, I give you an example. You, you mentioned HD-based T. HD-based T, and even using Valens, because uh, Valens is, I mean, they're the creators. There's no one better at this than them. Um, the fact that they've used a pulse amplitude modulation architecture, which is the exact same technology used for Ethernet, does not make it Ethernet, uh, because as the AV is, or the, as the AV industry is delivering video, Remember, we're visual. Uh, we need to have that quality assurance. You will never get that out of uh, a, a Ethernet-based network or CSMACD. You will not get it. And even with AVB, um, Tim and I have always said, where's the V, right? Uh, there is advancements there. But what we've already, um, let's say, rooted our quality into and what we deem as acceptable is a uh, um, very brilliant man. I'm sorry to, to divert a second. Very brilliant man at an Infocom. Uh, it was a manufacturer's forum. A uh, very brilliant man said, if we want this actually to, to uh, make its way into the world as a reality, meaning a convergent network, that there is no blending between the two, we have to change the network. And that's just not going to happen. And he went on to tell a story about the the New York sewer system, which was fascinating. And uh, <laughs> you'll find that Mr. Feldstein does that a lot. He relates technological changes and necessities to real-life things. And it was amazing that as he was explaining this, he nailed it. You know, we make an advancement in the Ethernet world, if you will, or the networking world called IPv6, and we think, oh, it's going to solve all the problems. No, it's not. There are major problems with how we deliver information and how this network works. And all we keep doing is changing an algorithm, making it a little faster, making it a little more convenient. Unless we change the highway, which we're not going to do anytime soon or at all, unless we change the highway, it's still only going to have a capacity. And as we push to 4K, 8K, 16K, 32K, who knows? We're just going to keep stressing that same, same uh, highway that that's not was not ever intended 
to uh, be the AV solution. Now, again, that's that's uh, my opinion, but when you take like with what Victoria is saying, when you take 14 years ago or so when we first created the CNX processor, when Crestron first created that and they put that LAN port on there, the AV industry, if you will, looked at us saying, who's going to use that in an AV <laughs> infrastructure? And like, you know, I, I do the, the, the poll, raise your hand if you've never plugged one of those in. You know, we, we, we use that convergence as a method and a vehicle to exist in an environment where we can have an open platform of communication. It's how we will then talk by a backnet over to the HVAC system, or we'll talk to the security system and uh, share a common communication platform. Will a Ethernet network ever be the end-all, the end-all of AV distribution and all of that sound? I doubt it because, again, at the end of the day, it's all about how many ones and zeros can you push around, and they're happy with a couple. We need a lot more than what they're available to deliver us. Um, I think it's getting better. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't put the kibosh on it. I would love to see it actually develop into something that's very tangible. I mean, look at us. In our fifth year of DM, we have a streaming input card and a streaming output card because we take that video that's in our world and make it available in that world or receive it from that world and make it available in ours. So I think it's bridging the gap, but I'm with you, Victoria. I don't think there is an actual convergent thing there yet, but it'd be, it'd be great to see if we take much bigger steps towards that. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, what do you think? Uh, I don't think that's my that's not my job here. I just I just ask silly questions, and I'm going to show this the picture that uh, that Kevin uh, sent. Uh, Converge. Converge. Yeah. But the date was most important. Two thousand three. Yeah. So yeah, you forget. I I don't I don't get paid to think here. I don't I you know, I ask I, I I have smart people on, and I ask them questions. So. Uh, Why do you keep asking me on then. I don't understand. I don't understand. There, there's a there. I, I get kickbacks from the government for having, um, oh, uh, okay. you know, old white guys on. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? Nothing. You're trying to call me white? Yeah. Yes, I am. So. Wow. Uh, actually, that was going to be our last story. Uh, one quick thing: Integrated Systems Europe uh, (ISC), uh, literally and officially the world's largest AV show. Um, has opened up for business. You can register for it uh, if you're going to Amsterdam, um, the 10th, 11th, and 12th of February, 2015. So uh, check that out. Um, I guess uh, I don't know if I've written about this or not, but uh, we're we're certainly trying to go. Um, we're we're talking about it and thinking about it and budgeting for it, and yeah, we'll see. We'll, we're we're going to do some interesting things here in the next month, and and certainly trying to go hit it and and cover it like we do uh, Infocom. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely an experience. Yeah. So I've heard. I thought you'd gone. I no, I had a name badge last year. I just didn't. Uh, I didn't. They didn't let me on the plane. That's uh, well. Your name's on that list, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, I, I you know talking to the folks that have gone, and I've actually when I was in London, uh, you know, are the folks at EMA they take care of uh, the main, if you will, uh, the main staffing of that. You know, we go to a we go to an Infocom or a Cedia, and we you know we get twenty thirty thousand people, and it's a good, it's a good show. Yeah. And uh, you know they're crabbing what seventy eighty thousand. No, uh, yeah, it's that big. Really? Yeah, I thought it was it's, only... uh, it's an impressive type of uh, attendance. I thought it was only forty five for fifty, but still, that's you know, 
Nothing to shake. Not yeah, at once. Yeah, uh, at once. Yeah. yeah, because then they disappear, and then more people come, different people. Um, there you go. All right, so yeah, check that out if you're in uh, if you're in the uh, Europe uh, or uh, Middle East area. Go 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 to go to Amsterdam in February. In February, I, I have no comment. For that. It's the only time I've ever seen, uh, and I've seen pictures of programmers in gloves. Ah, nice. <laughs> because they don't turn on the heat, and wow. so everything is done in the cold. And for some reason, we always lose a bet. We're right by the docks. So the doors are open, and it's three degrees on the booth floor, so everybody's wearing gloves as they try to do their typing and installation. Yeah. I did mention to my wife that I think we'd like to go, and she pointed out to me that the end of that is, is a couple of days before before Valentine's Day. So You're not going. I, I, I may not be. <laughs> I may not be going. So, uh, All right. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much for watching us. Uh, this man right here is Kevin Iselli, my buddy, my pal, but also – an incredibly smart human being and uh, uh, the teacher of D all things DM for Crestron. Th thank you for most of those true statements. All right. I don't know which one's false. Um, how can people find you or, or find Crestron? Uh, Crestron.com, of course. You can reach me at kicelli at Crestron.com or, um, yeah, the tweet thing, I am control freak. And you don't do anything with it. That's what cracks me I don't. Up. I just watch. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, someone who does do something with her her Twitter her Twitter thing is Victoria Twitter. Ferrari uh, from Synergy CT, and also one of our brand spanking new uh, bloggers uh, with the uh, the Red Band uh, Collective. So thank you, ma'am. Yep, always happy, always happy to be on, and you can find me on Twitter, Victoria zero four twenty nine. That's me. All right, very good. Uh, don't follow me. I mine are boring. I usually talk about the Bears or the Cardinals losing to the freaking San Francisco Giants. Um, by the way, part of my just bet, gotta pick a winner. Well, you know, I like my Bears. They won last week. Finally, they um, did. They did finally. Um, but uh, I, I made a bet with 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 uh, our buddy Rich Fragosa. So next week on AV Week, I have to wear a San Francisco Giants hat, and uh, I have to uh, send him a case of. Uh, of local brew um there's a couple different ones wow. nothing anheuser-busch that's technically not local anymore so uh that's pretty weak batman yeah I, I, what you want i mean i'm not gonna shave my head or come on we're talking about me i can create up some pretty creative things that you probably wouldn't want to do uh, all right well then let's let's talk hockey then and, and we'll i'll put the blues up against the red wings you so. bet seriously <laughs> yes i will <laughs> oh. and this is money in the bank uh. <laughs> we'll we'll talk later. You bet, man. I'm all kinds of crazy right now. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, so next week I'll have a San Francisco Giants hat on. So uh, go by the website if you would please. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Oh my goodness gracious, we have a lot. Um, there's some really cool things coming down the pipe. We've got something with Phil Cordell cooking. Something with Tony Zotti. Um, the the crosstalk, which is really cool. I think they're getting ready to do another one of those. Uh, which are two AV professionals debating with um, a moderator in between them. Last one we did uh, had Brock McGinnis moderating and love Brock and, and Mark Coxon and Josh Rago. So, uh, and uh, our uh, our editing staff at AV Nation, not me, other people, um, have uh, have committed to 31 blogs in 31 days for AV Month. Uh, so check that out if you would please. Uh, there's a lot of people writing, and most of them aren't me. So. 
uh, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. This has been AV Week. Thank you.